This episode is dedicated to Todd Levin, Corey Samuel, and General Strike for becoming our newest Southpaw supporters and helping to make this project possible. The global pandemic has hit our day jobs hard. This is now our full-time jobs. If you want great content and can afford a few extra bucks, consider becoming a Southpaw supporter on Patreon. If you want to show everyone else your solidarity, we now have an online store full of Southpaw swag. You can find links to both our store and our Patreon at southpawpod.com. When it comes to left media, we cannot exist without your support. This is Sam. This is Paul. And this is Southpaw. To understand Bruce Lee is to know him not only as a martial performer, but also as a Chinese-American immigrant living in America during the 50s and 60s. Lee's heritage, cultural clash, and label as the outsider informed not only his thinking, but in how he saw the martial arts, which were to Lee an expression of life. Though Bruce Lee was born in San Francisco, what mattered wasn't his birth certificate or that he was an American, but rather what people saw on the surface. And to most, he was just another Chinaman, and American meant a standard look and sound. Hollywood treated him no differently, even taking one of his ideas and casting a white actor David Carradine. That show was Kung Fu. Bruce Lee often said, I'm not in this world to live up to your expectations, and you're not in this world to live up to mine. This famous quote is actually part of a daily affirmation from Gestalt Therapy. Many of Lee's best quotes are not his own. Lee was willing to learn from any source, no loyalties. He took the ideas he liked and discarded the rest. Lee is also known to have said, there is nothing new under the sun, which is a verse from the Bible. Lee was a curator of ideas. He read, thought about things, and shared with the world the ideas that struck him the most. This is Ji Kun Do, there is no technique Lee invented himself. He only synthesized what he believed to be the best moves and best ideas. I have already made up my mind that in the United States, I think something about the Oriental, the, I mean, the true Oriental should be shown. Hollywood sure as heck hasn't. You better believe it, man. I mean, it's always that pigtail and bouncing around, chop, chop, you know, with the eyes slant and all that. And I think that's very, very out of Is it date. true that you were the first uh, job you had was being cast as Charlie Chan's number one Yeah, boy? number one son, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. In his own acting pursuits, 
Lee did not want to be an Asian minstrel performing to white expectations. But Hollywood did not want an Asian leading man. And to this day, you can make an argument that Bruce Lee was the first and still only Asian leading man. For Lee, this was a time in Hollywood when white actors in yellowface still portrayed Orientals. Whether it be race or styles, Lee believed these were arbitrary social constructs made by man, and he decided these limiting beliefs were not for him. In one of his most famous interviews, Lee said, You know what I want to think of myself? As a human being. Because, I mean, I don't want it sounds like, you know, as Confucius say, but under the sky, under the heaven, man, there is but one family. It just so happened, man, that people are different. Now, in this context, reconsider the meaning of Lee's most famous quote, given in the same interview. I said, empty your mind, be formless, shapeless, like water. Now you put water into a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water into a bottle, it becomes the bottle. You put it in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. This was Lee synthesizing Taoism and the work of Lao Tzu and the Tao Te Ching, the philosophy of pluralism. Frustrated with Hollywood, Lee moved to Hong Kong to create his own success. Lee decided if he were to be an outsider, he would make his outsider message so large that it could not be ignored by the West. In The Warrior Within, the philosophies of Bruce Lee by John Little, a personal friend to the Lee family, Bruce Lee is quoted as saying, We have much great work ahead of us, and it needs devotion and much, much energy. To grow, to discover, we need involvement, which is something I experience every day. Sometimes good, sometimes frustrating. No matter what, you must let your inner light guide you out of the darkness. End quote. When an interviewer asked Lee about teaching martial arts to actors, Lee explained what he was really teaching through the martial arts. All type of knowledge ultimately means self-knowledge. Mm -hmm. So therefore, they are coming in to, I mean, for, and ask me to teach them not so much of how to defend themselves or how to do somebody in. Rather, they want to learn to express themselves through some movement, be it anger, be it uh, determination or whatsoever. So in other words, what I'm saying therefore is that he is paying me to show him in combative form the art of expressing the human body. The interviewer then asked Lee if this wasn't, in a sense, acting. 
It might sound too philosophical, but it's unacting, acting, or acting, unacting. If you, you've lost me. <laughs> <laughs> I have. So what I'm saying, actually, you see, I mean, it's a combination of both. I mean, here it is the natural instinct, and here is control. You are to combine the two in harmony. Not if you have one to the extreme, you will be very unscientific. If you have another to the extreme. You become all of a sudden a mechanical man, no longer a human being. So you, it is a successful combination of both. So therefore, it is not only. I mean, so therefore, it's not pure naturalness or unnaturalness. The ideal is unnatural naturalness or natural unnaturalness. <laughs> Ying Yang, eh? right, man? That's it. <laughs> This was Chinese Taoist philosophy in application. Li. Spent much of his time reading books and listening to tapes on philosophy. Philosophy, not martial arts, was Bruce Lee's area of study in college. There were many martial athletes on TV and movies, but Bruce Lee was the first martial philosopher in popular Western entertainment. This is what makes Bruce Lee unique in all the world. In martial arts. Lee was only classically trained from 1957 to 1959. Though impactful, it was a very short period. Much of Lee's knowledge then came from self-study and from reading. The 17th-century Japanese haiku master Masuo Basho said, "Do not seek to follow in the footsteps of the wise; seek what they sought." To this, Lee said, "When I look around, I always learn something, and that is to be always yourself, and to express yourself, to have faith in yourself. Do not go out and look for a successful personality and duplicate him. Now, that seems to me that that is the prevalent thing happening in Hong Kong. Like they always copy mannerisms." But they never start from the very root of his being, and that is, how can I be me? Being like Bruce Lee is not about moving like he did. Otherwise, every acrobat is Bruce Lee. But rather, reading what he read and delving into the philosophies that formed his mind, into the abyss, and to come out with new knowledge. Not only to parrot sound bites, but to understand where these ideas first blossomed. This is what Lee tried to do, often playing the same philosophy tapes he would listen to in front of his students, from Alan Watts to Jitu Krishnamurti. This is why the followers of Bruce Lee are unable to reach others like he did. They are teaching his moves without the deep philosophical meaning behind them. Arguing over what will work on the streets, rather than asking, "What is there to life beyond the streets?" Becoming copies of copies, crystallizing, becoming mechanical teachers who imitate philosophy without understanding it, turning Lee's words into cliches, rather than expanding on his work, becoming more like the tape player than like Lee. It's fun to kick and punch, but how many people willing to do that are equally willing to sit still and study? For most, 
it's a binary decision. Why sit still and study when I would rather kick and punch instead? Or why would I kick and punch when I can sit and study? But in the pluralism of Taoism, Lee's foundational philosophy, there is no separation from this way and that way. There is only one way. Lee was eager, both physically and mentally. The problem of the world today is that people are divided in their eagerness, eager in body or eager in mind, but not both. Lazy in one or the other, or both, but rarely enthusiastic about all things. But life is all things, and there are all kinds of people. Lee constantly looked for ways to apply philosophical concepts to martial arts, where martial arts was the conduit for philosophy. The most famous and controversial idea being that there were no styles, just as it is controversial to say there are no categories of people. Remember, this was a time of civil rights, where equality itself was a controversial idea. Every new idea was, and still is, considered a slippery slope. No styles? What next? Treat everyone equally? Allow women also to train? Bruce Lee went to college during the height of postmodernism, the belief that all things are subjective. However, and I can relate to this, what these idealistic students and academics lacked was the grounding of martial arts. Without it, rather than bringing people together, you alienate them. People will think you're just trying to police their speech and ultimately their minds. The idea of no styles, whether it be political or martial, threatens institutional power. If it were only about fighting, people would have been less upset. The idea of mixing styles for effectiveness had already existed. What threatened people was that Lee was not talking about fighting. He was using fighting as a metaphor to speak about everything, from his own interracial marriage, to teaching all walks of life, treating people equally, and challenging American identity. Not only mixing of styles, but mixing of blood, and his own mixed children, but that is the nature of Taoism. No classifications, but rather one broad understanding. Though people miss the metaphor now, they got the metaphor then, and they were not happy about the ramifications of Lee's teachings. Conservative minds found it subversive, corruptive. But now, there's nothing subversive about Lee's teachings. He's just a badass. And to only appreciate that is a shame. You see, Lee was talking beyond the blending of styles, or MMA, or the mixing of people, but that these categories and institutions themselves were illusions, that they did not exist. To say you were mixing them would be an omission of natural divisions, which Lee did not believe in. We may speak differently, but all languages are just dialects built from grunts. In intellectual circles, 
These ideas are now in vogue because of Yuval Noah Harari and the award-winning history book, Sapiens. But perhaps watching or even trying MMA and thinking about the construct of styles would have gotten these intellectuals to this paradigm shift sooner. Or that there is no paradigm shift at all, that there is nothing new under the sun. We cannot dismiss that Bruce Lee lived in a time where signs that read, no Chinese or dogs allowed, were common. And this was during the height of the 60s, the progressive era, in San Francisco, the progressive city. Back then, Bruce Lee was not Bruce Lee. In the era he lived in, he was not revered. Lee was just another Chinaman, another chink, and faced constant discrimination like every other Chinese immigrant, even though he was born in the US. It's easy to retroactively assume he must have been as beloved then as he is now. But the reason he is beloved now is because of what he overcame then. Think about this. Interracial marriage was only legalized in the United States in 1967. Bruce Lee began dating Linda Emery in 1961. Not only was that shocking and unacceptable, but it was also dangerous. Their relationship was only more grave because Lee was an Asian man and Emery, a white woman. Back then, and perhaps in some parts of the country now, stopping a non-white man from dating a white woman was saving the white woman from a foreign animal. You heard the same things then as you hear now. What next? Will we let people marry their dogs? Misguidedly, these people don't see themselves as villains, but rather as heroes to their race. But all villains see themselves as heroes. Otherwise, they couldn't justify their actions. Though a white man with an Asian woman has gained acceptance, the opposite is still uncomfortable for some and in some areas, still dangerous. Imagine how bad it was during the time of Bruce and Linda. The two married in 1964, three years before it was federally recognized. Lee was not only an outcast in white America, but also in the Asian community. These events shaped his beliefs. We know Lee's physical prowess, but forgot his message, his underlying life philosophy, turning most of his quotes into inspirational workout platitudes. Lee believed in evolving to a higher consciousness, and that meant thinking beyond petty differences, on social constructs and illusory divisions amongst groups, Lee said. You see, actually, I do not teach, you know, karate because I do not believe in styles anymore. I mean, I do not believe that there is such thing as like Chinese way of fighting or the, or the Japanese way of fighting or whatever way of fighting because unless human beings have three arms and four legs, we will have a different form of fight. And just as there can be no different styles, 
unless the human being has three arms and four legs, there could be no different types of people, not Chinese, Japanese, or American, only human beings. One family under heaven. The key to Bruce Lee's worldview on human constructs and arbitrary divisiveness is best explained in Lee's own words. But basically, we have only two hands and two feet. So styles tends to uh, 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 not only separate man, you know, because they have their own doctrines, and then the doctrine became the gospel truth, you know, that you cannot change, you know. And, but if you do not have style, you just say, well, here, here I am, you know, as, as a human being. How can I express myself? totally and completely. Now, that way, you won't create a style because style is a crystallization, you know? I mean, that way, it's a process of continuing growth. Another apt metaphor. Running water never grows stale. So you gotta just keep on flowing. <laughs> If you asked Lee what political party he belonged to, he would probably say, I do not believe in parties. Parties tend to separate man. And if you do not have parties, you can just say, here I am as a human being. We buy into arbitrary doctrines about ourselves and others and the way we ought to live our lives. But it's all man-made illusions. On being a human being, Lee said, Ever since I was a child, I've had this instinctive urge for expansion and growth. To me, the function and duty of a quality human being is the sincere and honest development of one's potential. End quote. So why is there such confusion over Bruce Lee's philosophy? It traces back to his usage of the term martial arts. There is how we generally mean it, the militaristic art of combat, and then there's Lee's definition of martial arts, one I can personally relate to. But martial art has a very, very deep meaning as far as my life is concerned because uh, as an actor, as a martial artist, as a human being, all these I have learned from martial arts. Our definition of the martial arts is too limiting. It is meant to be holistic knowledge, a way of being. We don't, in our world, and haven't since the days of the Greeks who did, combine philosophy and art with sport. But quite clearly, the Oriental attitudes of the three are facets of the same things. Man, listen, you see, really, to me, okay, to me, ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can f make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some f really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, you know, that, my friend, is <laughs> very hard to do. And you have to train. You have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it, it's there. 
When you want to move, you are moving. And when you move, you are determined to move. Not taking one inch, not anything less than that. If I want to punch, I'm going to do it, man. And I'm going to do it, you see. So I mean, so that is the type of thing you have to train yourself into it. To become one with the... You think? Yeah, this is very un-Western, this attitude. So how should we frame the martial arts? Perhaps we should empty our minds. You can't fill a vessel that is already full, especially one that is full of preconceived notions. Having a closed mind is like being trapped in a repeating closed loop. We must open our minds. Bruce Lee said, Because one does not want to be disturbed, to be made uncertain, he establishes a pattern of conduct, of thought, a pattern of relationship to man. Then he becomes a slave to the pattern and takes the pattern to be the real thing. End quote. If you cannot think beyond your programming, your patterns, then you are not really thinking. You are a mechanical man. Then what is living? Lee said, real living is living for others. Perhaps we only focus on Lee's martial arts moves and make it domain-specific, martial arts icon, rather than cultural, because his life philosophy, to this day, makes people uncomfortable. But after Enter the Dragon, Lee became a civil rights symbol. He, in many ways, is just as important to non-Asian minorities. Lee saw himself as a cultural bridge between the East and the West. According to Dan Inosanto, Bruce Lee's closest friend, he told me that he could educate people about the East more in films than in books. End quote. On his stardom, Lee said, Well, let me say this. First of all, uh, uh, the word superstar really turned me off, and I'll tell you why. Because the word star, man, is an illusion. It's something what the public calls you. Lee did not want to be a superstar, but rather an educator. To teach us to look past the skin or any preconceived notions and to judge a person by his or her character. I do not look upon myself as a star. I, I really don't. I mean, believe me, man, yeah. when I say it. Not only enduring after his death, Lee's legacy only continues to grow, inspiring people from all walks of life. And that was always his goal, for us to have a life of meaning, as he did. Now that's the show. If you enjoyed this episode and find this type of independent media worthwhile, please consider supporting the show on Patreon. We have a lot more episodes like this one in the works, but need your financial support to keep the show running. Even a few dollars a month goes a long way. No one does what we do, and it's all being funded by you, the listener. In return for supporting us, you'll gain access to lots of bonus content and along with our private Discord chat. Even if you can't support us, there's a lot of free bonus content there as well. We also have an online store if you want to show your Southpaw solidarity by wearing our swag. 
You can find all pertinent links at southpawpod.com. And if you can't afford to support the show and still want to help, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen. This makes it easier for others to find us. And don't forget to share your favorite episodes or the podcast itself on social media. Tell your friends. Until next time, goodbye.